0: From the Surveyor Newsroom in sunny Miami, welcome to the Miami Real Estate Podcast, your home for expert insight on all things Miami real estate. I'm your host, Omar DeWitt. Let's get started. Hi, welcome back to the Miami Real Estate Podcast. I'm Omar DeWin, Communications Executive at Cervera Real Estate. Today, we are talking about the four digital marketing channels that the modern realtor should have in their marketing mix and how to use them. Joining me for that conversation is a friend of the pod, the one and only Kyle Pleasa, founder of Social Group. Kyle, welcome back. What's going on, man? Thanks for having me again. Glad to have you here. And uh, since you've last been on, so for listeners, long listeners of the pod, you might remember Kyle from uh, the second season was uh, social media best practices, right? For realtors. Uh, since then, Kyle, what we, oh, we've gone through COVID, we survived, right? Um, you're looking good and healthy. We, uh, I know your agency is flourishing, managed not to get canceled. So that's, that's great. <laughs> One can be happy in, in this world when that's the case. Uh, And, you know, so Miami market is back, it's hot Um, marketing post zoom, the zoom world is uh, more important than ever. And so today I'm excited to have you back on to give our listeners uh, some more nuanced uh, perspective on some of the new channels, new and old channels uh, that have become more and more prevalent, right? So let's set this this table. So we're going to talk today about TikTok. right? We're going to talk about using reels on Instagram. We're going to talk about uh, Google Ads, right? And finally, last but not least, uh, SEO, search engine optimization.
1: Sounds good. Yeah, it's, it, it's been a while. And I'm assuming I did something right the first time we were together to be invited back. So that's, uh, that's <laughs> kind of inspiring. Um, yeah, COVID was uh, was crazy times. Um, it was really challenging for a lot of businesses and brands to sort of navigate that. And it never really happened before. So it was interesting to see. At least within the marketing and advertising industry, how we all pivoted and things like that. There's been a lot of developments, um, like you mentioned, TikTok and Instagram Reels. I think since last time you spoke, so I'm happy to go over that with you. Sort of give you guys a brief rundown of, of my perspective of uh, each role's. I'm sorry, each platform's roles, how to use it, um, and how we can leverage
0: it. Awesome. So, and let's let's get right into it. I mean, as as I think one of the things I hear uh, the most from uh, realtors, both young and old, uh, successful and, and and new, is the importance of, of social media and having a digital presence to get their name out there, to let people know what they're doing, to brand themselves, uh, and then ultimately to generate new leads uh, to to nurture in their sales pipeline. So let's start with TikTok, right? One of the, the, the first of our four. So talk to me about TikTok, What is it and when is it right uh, to use it?
1: TikTok has really, really blown up since last time we spoke. I think when it first came into the market, um, especially the US market, uh, people were sort of um, not necessarily cynical, but they weren't sure whether it was gonna stand the test of time. I think fast forwarding to now, July 2021, uh, it's really um, impressed a lot of people with its staying power its ability to reach new people. It's, it's a lot easier, in my opinion, to go viral on TikTok than it is Instagram. Um, it doesn't have as many users, it hasn't been around as long, so one could make the argument that maybe the algorithm isn't as restrictive as Instagram's. Um, there's also not a lot of paid ads. Uh, ads advertising is available on TikTok, um, but it's not nearly as robust to say Instagram is. So that benefits uh, people like you and me, users, um, if you had independent realtors who are looking to get bigger bang for their buck, so to speak, uh, more reach and things like that. TikTok is a really important platform that
0: they should be leveraging. And TikTok is is, is short form video, right? So that's essentially the premise of what you're going to find on TikTok.
1: Yeah, TikTok is short short form video. Uh, It's one of the newest social media platforms that's dedicated exclusively to, like you said, short form video. Um, Users can easily create their own content. And one of the things that I like for TikTok is the way the where it differentiates itself from, say, Instagram Reels is it's meant to be more authentic, sort of grassroots in its approach and in its and in its um, visual aesthetic. So, you know, where brands may use Instagram reels and stories and IGTV to have a fully edited, choreographed, curated video piece um, that they may have spent thousands of dollars in developing, brands and users alike uh, can sort of cut right through that when they're using TikTok. It's meant to be almost more casual. and and to be that grassroots level where you can shoot it with your phone. You can select from all different types of uh, music to put as the background. Their editing tools within the TikTok platform are more robust than Instagram. So when it comes to short form video, where Instagram might be king in terms of uh, total numbers of users and total videos that are put out, TikTok is on the rise. And in our opinion, it's definitely more user friendly, not just when creating the video, but when reaching the audience that you intend to reach.
0: I like it. And then in terms of what uh, some of the types of content and and tips, I guess it sounds to me like um, doing series, if I'm a realtor, like doing a uh, series on home selling tips or home buying tips, sort of like little nuggets that can be part of a longer series, but can be consumed. Uh, in in little bite-sized pieces.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the thing to remember about TikTok when you're doing it is almost don't take yourself too seriously, right? Have fun with it. That's one of the things you, you, I always tell people to ask themselves is when you are using a platform, ask yourself what audience is prevalent on that platform and who's going to be watching it. Um, If you're a realtor and you're creating a video that video is not gonna to speak to the same audience that you put on TikTok as it is on Facebook. Um mm-hmm. you- You're going to have an older demographic on Facebook where TikTok's meant to be more fun. Maybe you have, you know, really young, wealthy entrepreneurs that you want to hit. TikTok would be the one to use that. Um, You know, whether you have your sort of crypto bros who just sold a bunch of money on Bitcoin and are looking for a nice house to buy in Miami, something like that. That's Mm -hmm. what I mean when I say younger demographic. TikTok is, is going to skew that way. Um, And it's just, it's, it's a more fun, casual platform to use. That doesn't mean that you shouldn't put thought into it, Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's meant to have fun. And just remember, if you're making something, ask yourself, do these, does the audience that I intend to reach, do they want to see this? What's going to stop them from doing what they're doing right now and invest in me? by watching this video, you know, they're investing their time to either follow you, to, they're inviting you into their feed. Um, you need to look at it that way. So you need to sort of bring some sort of value to them and engage with them. That's that's really important. And I'm kind of I'm segueing myself there, but engagement is really, really, really key across all the platforms, but especially TikTok, you need to be consistent and engage with the people. It's almost like Let's say you and I went to a party, right? And we're talking and I come up to you and I say, hey, Omar, I have this really great idea. I want to show you something. So I show you, or I give you my sort of speech on what I want to talk to you about. And then you have questions for me and I just turn around and walk.
0: <laughs> Rude.
1: <laughs> Where that, that I was interested and in, now the guy's not answering me. He just completely left. That's how it is in the digital realm. Like you need to listen to the conversation. You need to be able to respond to them. Um, and just keep that conversation going. So eventually, hopefully, you can convert that uh, audience listener into a, into a lead, a purchase a client, whatever it might be.
0: That's great advice. And then speaking of the engagement, well, let me touch on consistency. So what is uh, your recommendation on the frequency uh, for, for, for posts?
1: That's a great question. Um, I never really have a rule of thumb, you know, whether it's every day four times a week, I think it's what's probably going to help you decide how frequent you want to be is, is, consistency. If you're going to post once a week, keep doing that. Um, don't feel that you have to post too much. If the content is not up to your standards or quality, don't post just to post. That's a big mistake. I see people make, and I try to, uh, we try to advise our clients on, listen, we know you want to hit people. But you risk turning them off if you're just churning out content that is sort of irrelevant. It doesn't have a lot of value to it. So if you have something to say and you are entertaining them, then push that out. Um, at the same time, I would not advise someone to post four great videos a month and then sort of go quiet a second month. Right. Um, I mean, it's not terrible. It's not like anything's really going to happen. But the idea is to keep the conversation going. So,
0: and as you're talking, I'm thinking that like a, a, a smart way to approach it could be let's say if your plan is to do four videos a month, maybe I'm telling myself I, before I even start recording, I guess the first question is, like you said, who am I talking to? What's going to be interesting to them? So, maybe the theme this month, going back to home buying tips. So, I'm going to do four tips, you know, and map them out. I already know on my outline week one, week two, week three, week four, what I'm going to cover. And then, you know, you can kind of, I guess create a narrative or a a sort of structure around the content you're posting.
1: Yeah. I mean, create a storyboard, right? Um, See where the, I mean, have the conversation with either your business partner or your employees or your girlfriend or boyfriend or friend, whatever it is, and just try to bounce the conversation off with them casually and use that as a guide to say, okay, okay, We've been talking for five, 10 minutes, and we've already covered four different topics. I can make a video on each one of those topics that's maybe a minute long. It doesn't have to be some long, epic piece. I mean, you know, we're not Steven Spielberg here producing um, the next Jurassic Park. It's, you know, it's supposed to be fun and quick and easy. So, uh, as in terms of ideas and sort of um, things like that on what to put out, one thing I saw, which was really entertaining for me and I thought it was really interesting was I saw two realtors. One was was the top realtor in Miami speaking to the top realtor in Fort Lauderdale and the top realtor in Palm Beach. And they sort of had, they sort of played it almost as like a friendly competition. Like why is Fort Lauderdale better? Why is Miami better? So on and so forth. And that was really interesting to hear each of their unique perspectives, not only on uh, the areas, but the differences among buyers that are searching those areas. So whether you're a a realtor in Miami and you're looking to maybe get some of those new Fort Lauderdale shoppers to to consider Miami as an option, it it, it was really um, educational in terms of what they feel their, clients look for and it gives a unique perspective to the person who's watching the video on tiktok or instagram or whatever platform it may be because maybe it's something they haven't really seen done before maybe they've had a conversation with their friends or business partners but it was just it was cool it was different it was unique and I, i think that's important
0: so does that mean so tiktok allows you to do like a panelist type group stream is that what is that what you're describing? Yeah, you can have different
1: people on it. Um, like I said, the tools to uh, to make the video and edit it and things like that are a lot easier on TikTok uh, than they are on Instagram. They're a lot more robust as well, so you have a lot more options. Now, listen, I, I say it's easy
0: coming from <laughs> someone who's in
1: the industry. Um, there will be a learning curve. Um, sure. So just play with it. I mean, just make your own TikTok create your own videos, um, until you get the hang of it.
0: Um, and I think what was something you said at the top of the, the tick segment is important too. I mean, knowing your audience. So if you believe your audience is going to be in the younger, let's say, Gen Z, um, bucket and you're comfortable, let's say being on video, which at this stage in, in life, hopefully you are with social media, right? Then, then TikTok tock is, is one to explore. I like that. Um, you also talk about, using tools like the trends um trending audio hashtags etc so talk to me a little bit about that and how that helps um those using TikTok
1: so the key to going viral whatever it wants to do on TikTok is and this may be obvious but sometimes it's not is to be relevant um see what's going on you know Jeff Bezos was blasted off to space uh the head of Amazon and that was all over the news um you know, use what's going on in pop culture and in the media today to try to relate to your own message and segue it there. Um, you know, whatever it is, you know, I, I read this morning in the New York Post that Kanye West uh, was with Kim Kardashian and he was crying about losing his family and stuff. And, and um, you know, it, so he's back in the news Um, about their whole you know dilemma there i'm not saying you know you got to talk about kanye west but maybe you could spin it of of people you have a lot of people coming down from new york to miami Uh, Hmm. maybe you could play off something about people missing being in miami you know that's my point Hmm. trying to be funny trying to be relatable and leverage what's going on in the news Um, because that's going to help you
0: that's really going to
1: help you as being relevant uh, i like it that's
0: That's the the name of the game right staying relevant (laughs) so let's keep this going let's move on to number two uh second channel we want to talk about today is instagram reels right so it's a component of instagram it's a relatively new feature let's say but talk to our listeners about reels uh what is it how does it work
1: instagram reels was really um the answer to TikTok. When Instagram came out with stories uh, years ago, Snapchat was really, really big. So, Instagram has done a great job of having sort of these counter punches to every platform that comes out and tries to challenge it. Um, Reels is a great way to make quick videos that, again, are highly editable um, with transitions different editing tools, music, and things like that. One tip for you is if you have an Instagram channel, set your account level to a creator, content creator. Um, That's going to offer you more tools within the Instagram reels platform. Um, and, uh, you know, it, it, it's similar to TikTok. It's just a different platform. Um, but from our experience and what we've heard from from clients, it doesn't have the same amount of editing capabilities or video development capabilities that TikTok does. Although that may be a good thing for you. Maybe if you're new to it, you know, you don't want to be overwhelmed um, with too much too soon.
0: Right, right. And um, so you're saying essentially for those when you're producing the video, you can do it straight through uh, reels, uh, as opposed to recording a video separately and then editing it and uploading it to reels.
1: Yeah, I mean you can you can, um,
0: but yeah, you would use it for uh,
1: you know again casual sort of grassroots level where you're using the your phone and things like that. Now you'd be surprised at what you can create within their sort of in-house editing tools. I'll give you some sort of. Um, Tips though, when creating an Instagram reel, one is, and I can't stress this enough, is use for the love of God, closed captions. Um, <laughs> a lot of people don't use closed captions. It's an option you can choose. The reason you want to use that is because remember where people are when they're looking at their phone and reading or watching videos. A lot of times they may be in a board meeting that they don't want to be in. They may be in the bathroom, they may be with their friends and family at dinner, so they're gonna try to, I mean, we've all seen it, right? You're in a big meeting, someone's looking at their phone, you kind of assume they're looking at a, you. Checking know,
0: the latest numbers.
1: But then you look, yeah, yeah, they're look, checking the latest numbers, but really you look down and they're watching like Instagram videos of dogs and stuff like that. So my <laughs> point is, is they're not gonna be able to turn on the, the volume all the time, right? If they just wanna look at something real quick. So closed captions is, is, is a must. Um, if you're trying- and is that
0: an automatic feature that you just need to enable or are you, yeah, you
1: just enable it? I mean, it, it's, it's generated by your speech. Um, so it's not perfect. Um, because if, if the speech is sort of uh, mumbled or covered by music, it's going to be harder for Instagram to pick it up. But, uh, you know, nonetheless, I, I would definitely use it.
0: Okay, I like that. I mean, I definitely love my captions on Netflix, so I guess it's the same. Uh. You know, man, one thing I notice is as we all
1: get older, like more and more of my friends,
0: they're like sort of slowly admitting that they turn
1: on the captions. On their <laughs> pod. And I'm like, I thought I was the only one. I'm I'm 35, but like, I'm, I feel like I'm 70 years old. Like reading the captions, I'm like, oh yeah, that's what he said. Okay.
0: <laughs> so, um, talk to me about some more tips with Reels. So you you mentioned sharing it uh, from Reels to your feed. Um for maximum exposure. Talk to me about that.
1: Yeah. So when you're creating reels, you have the option to publish like a teaser in your Instagram feed. That's that's obviously that's a given, that's a must. Um, it just gives you more sort of digital real estate to to get awareness, to get those impressions, to get engagement. Um, you know, a lot of times people when they're looking for things as opposed to maybe 10 years ago when they're going straight to your website to find out about you, they'll go to your Instagram. Uh, account. So it's important that when you create the real, and it's all in there when you're doing it, it it'll, it'll show you different options that you can when you're publishing it is to create um, a teaser that will be automatically
0: published to your feed. So that's important too. You you, you want to get the most real estate as you can. And how about uh, in terms of engaging with the people that are engaging with you? Um... I imagine similar to, to TikTok, the engagement is, is key. What are some other ways that um, you think the realtor should be engaging with people out there and having their brand shine through on on, uh, on Reels?
1: Ask questions. Ask questions in the Instagram Reel or video or post, whatever you're doing, any kind of content, really to get people to answer you, you'd be surprised. I mean, and we've done this with uh, different clients where we've seen maybe the engagement dipping off a little bit in terms of, in terms of conversation and comments and things like that. And that's a big uh, influencer in Instagram's algorithm uh, when it comes to organic reach and things like that, is are people commenting and things like that. So if you simply ask questions in the video, maybe remind them in the copy of the video, and then just ask in the comments yourself, ask people, you know, what do you prefer? Um, you know, Sunny Isles or Bal Harbor, or Miami Beach or Brickle, whatever it might be, you know, ask questions to get people engaging with you and then just continue the conversation, continue to ask them. I mean, sort of pretend you're on a first date with all these people, mm-hmm. you know,
0: um, ask them questions, see what they're saying and get the conversation going. And what about, so speaking of people and what uh, a converse, this is related to Instagram kind of reels, but also Instagram uh, at large. I was having a conversation the other day with an agent that was asking about tips for growing their Instagram account organically. I imagine posting content like reels, following trending hashtags and whatnot is one way. Is there another way in general that you advise your clients on the best approach to growing your following organically? This has sort of become
1: the next holy grail outside of getting verified on Instagram. Um, I follow um, Instagram's CEO, um, and I listen to a lot of his videos, and they have publicly acknowledged that it's very challenging for accounts to grow organically. Um, they're doing things to try to make the algorithm a little more wide open for people and their friends and things like that to follow them. So it is very challenging right now. Instagram has grown tremendously. So you have a lot more people sort of fighting, you know, for each individual person's, uh, user feed to get in there. Um, my advice is keep the content entertaining and people go to Instagram to get to be entertained. I mean, that's, that's, that's the bottom line. So be entertaining, don't be overly salesy. The idea is to create a video that is catchy, is cool. And then at the end, you can sort of make your pitch. You can put a call to action for the realtor. So don't think of this content as a sales video or as promoting yourself. I would rather ask yourself, What's really interesting going on right now in Miami? So we all know about um, the really, really sad collapse of the Champlain Towers in Surfside. Um, You know, if I were a realtor, you may want to talk about other older condominiums in the area, what they're doing um, to safeguard against similar events. Um, and then maybe you could tie in some sort of relief opportunity for people to donate to the families who are impacted by it, something like that. Um, You know, where you're being relevant, people care, you're being altruistic as much as you can um, with, you know, the current news cycle. So that's an idea. Um, You know, are there new cool developments going up in Miami? Did Pharrell just sell his... 30 million dollar penthouse in Miami Beach like can you go look at it and take right. a video of it? like that would be awesome like people want to see that and then at the end of the video you sort of put in your messaging for yourself and your call to action and go from there that's what I would do I mean it's it's no different from television a lot of these these networks at the end of the day they need ad revenue right so they need to have other companies buy commercial space on their network and pay them so they can keep going. You know, ESPN does this all the time. NBC, all of them. But how do they do that? They create sitcoms and things that people watch because they're entertaining. Interspersed through it, there are commercial breaks and that's how the networks make their money. So think of it that way. You know, create something that's entertaining first.
0: I like that. Um, and there's so much opportunity. I mean, some great advice from you there with with the Surfside connection. I think even from the entertaining uh, entertainment perspective, things like you know your favorite restaurants, um, cultural attractions, things to do. I mean, there's so much in Miami and South Florida that I guess could make for interesting, relevant content and also help you position yourself within your your target market.
1: Yeah, and, and I mean, listen,
0: I, I'm not a big advisor get political. Um,
1: And I think you could do this in a safe way without, um, you know, picking a side or being too uh, sort of abrasive about it. Ask people, would moving into a Trump branded tower um, prevent you from living there? Um, you know, something like that. Just ask questions to get the conversation going. Now, we all know Trump is sort of a time bomb in terms of conversation and topics. But if you can do it in a way that works um, without aligning yourself and just really opening the conversation, I've heard that before. And that was um, really eye opening to see people's takes you know a lot of them say listen it's real estate it doesn't matter whose name is on it a lot of people just for a moral standing or whatever they say they won't do it so i'm just giving you an examples of, of what you could look for that would drive conversation
0: sure and then to, um so sticking with instagram and rounding that out what so you've got reels we had the feed there's obviously stories which is great especially if you have an account that um I guess it's over a thousand followers is it? you get the swipe up feature on stories, which gives you that ability to link and, and call to action. Um, 10,000 is it Um, 10,000? You can still put a link
1: in your bio. You can still tell people that if they have, if they don't have the ability to swipe up, you can tell them, listen, go check the link in my bio. So,
0: so what I wanted to ask you then is what is your ideal mix? Um, and, or, and do you have a favorite, like between reels, the feed, which I guess you could post reels to the feed and stories, like how, how, what's the best compliment, let's say for, for each of those aspects. I really don't
1: think it matters in terms of like what types in terms of content you're putting out in terms of posts, stories, reels. I will say video is really important, but that's sort of a double-edged sword because Instagram has come out and publicly stated that they're making a big push to video. Every um, analytics report we have done for the most part, still imagery has surprisingly outperformed the video in terms of engagement rate, um, impressions and things like that. However, that is likely to change. Um, I would still put a tremendous amount of effort and investment in video. Um, I don't think it really matters whether it's stories versus reels. Um, As long as you're bringing value to the customer and or or to the client and when and people hearing this I don't want them to think like oh that sounds so cliche we have to bring value to to the to the viewer we all know that already what I mean by that what I want to stress is make it entertaining to them what do you find entertaining if you were forced to watch television for six hours and you had an option between 10 different channels which would you choose and why. Maybe something showing a comedy movie that you really like. So you know what? Maybe you should do something funny on Instagram reels. Are you doing sort of a documentary style? Like I said, about the Champlain Towers and Surfside, you know, whatever it is, find something that you think would really hit with your audience. And that's what I mean by bringing them value.
0: I like it. And uh, so be entertaining takeaway try not to get canceled in the process <laughs> and have <laughs> and have fun have fun with it it's interesting to hear um that uh photo is still is outperforming uh video that's that's pretty cool i was kind of wondering myself like what's the ideal mix because with video and the feed it's like you know kind of like that the thumbnail that's sort of auto-generated in my mind like that loves the aesthetic i feel like in a way it doesn't have the same pop as, as you know, whatever photo you you crafted, but um,
1: I mean, you can customize that too. People do have the, the ability to customize those thumbnails, so that's actually a really good question. Um, sometimes it won't pe- uh, pull the right um, uh, image from the, from the video feed, so you do have that ability though.
0: Oh, and you know what? Speaking of customizing that, and what are the what, what's your take on overly branded? Like, because I feel like Instagram, when we talk about being native. You know, I prefer less text. Obviously, it looks more like a photo than, you know, your super branded post with a bunch of text. What do you say to people out there on how to achieve the perfect sort of um, symmetry? Right?
1: Um, Instagram and Facebook used to have a, what's called a 20% text rule where it it, it pertained more towards ads, but if you had uh, a graphic or a piece of content that had more than 20% of it covered by text, they wouldn't even run the ad. Now they've sort of done away with that. However, anything with more than 20% text on the graphic um, or thumbnail that you're showing is not going to perform well because it comes off as spammy. Um, If you were showing infographs for example you wanted to show market trends down here in real estate what i would do is create a carousel post on the feed where you have a really beautiful shot of miami or uh or a video of miami and then have the next um succeeding slides in the carousel they can be your infographs you know they okay. can data and you can put as much text as you want on it that's typically what we would do for clients if we wanted to get sort of um a message out about, you know, stats or something like that. We would usually post the first piece that shows up and lives on the feed, be sort of that eye grabber. So when people see it, it stops them and they'll swipe through to see what we're trying to talk about. That's that's usually a good strategy.
0: I like that. I like that a lot. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're talking to Kyle a founder of Social Group here on the Miami Real Estate Podcast and uh, the latest installment of our how to be a top producer series so kyle let's keep it going here we're talking about four strategies or four channels i should say marketing channels and strategies on how to use them so let's move on to uh, let's go away from social media let's go to in the digital realm google ads right uh in our experience i found that uh, google ads uh in general and pay-per-click has been more effective in generating leads of qualified buyers and sellers, as opposed to running a, boosting a post on social or running dark posts. Uh, but I'm curious to hear from you and for our audience today, let's set the table on Google ads, sort of what is it and why would one wanna use it? So Google ads in a nutshell
1: is our is, things that we've all seen, right? We think Google is listening to us and following us on our computer or our smartphone. Um, they're basically ads that are served to you by a company, an agency, or, or an ad provider uh, that typically targets things such as keywords, search trends, uh, search phrases, and things like that. Now there are two main different types of Google ads. One is search, one is display. Search are, search ads are the ones you see. If you were to Google uh, Italian restaurant in Miami, The first three results that you see on the Google results page, those are usually ads. Those are called search ads. It's usually just text, it's a link, you click it, uh, if you want, you go from there. Display ads are the ones you see of the banners on different websites. So let's say you bought something recently from Crate and Barrel, or you went on their website. Now you find yourself seeing Crate and Barrel ads on every website you go to, that's because those display ads or graphics or videos, they're caching you. So they, they've seen traffic that has come to Crate and Barrel. Crate and Barrel is now trying to retarget people who may not have made a purchase or, or, or converted in some way. So they're basically just retargeting you. So you've search and display, um, and you can go pretty far down the rabbit hole from there. Um, you made a really good point on why you think Google ads are more effective when it comes to lead generation in some of the social media platforms. That's because there's a big fundamental difference between search engine marketing and social media marketing. Search engine marketing, uh, such as Google ads, those are more hot or warm leads because at least with search um, ads, it's targeting based on people who are already looking for your product. You know, if you were to Google Italian restaurant in Miami, it's not going to show you an ad to buy a bicycle. Whereas social media marketing on Facebook or Instagram may, that those are more cold leads. People aren't going onto Facebook or they're not using Facebook and Instagram most of the time searching for something. They're usually just flipping through to get to see what's going on in the world. So as an advertiser, you're sort of forced to try the best you can with interest targeting, affinity targeting age demographics psychographics and things like that to to say listen i'm trying to find someone who really wants to uh go to an italian restaurant tonight or um you know someone who has gone to one in the past or may follow some italian restaurant instagram accounts things like that so that's sort of in a nutshell how you try to target those ads on social media Uh, whereas google um they're only showing your ads more or less to people who are further along that that consumer funnel that are actively looking for you.
0: So let's say hypothetically speaking, um, to put this in, in context, if somebody was looking for, let's say I'm searching for properties in Coral Gables, or let's say uh, Coral Gables properties, right? How, how I might search it, trying to think of what search terms I would use. Then if I'm running, if then the realtors uh, or realtors are running Google ads, uh, targeting that type of search what you're saying is then that you're they're gonna likely to appear towards the top of the list
1: yeah now that's different that depends where you appear because you have you have um ads that can appear in the top three or four you can have ones at the top the bottom three or four of the first page you can show up on the second page the third page it all depends on who's bidding against you for that space what your competition is um so that's different, but yes, to answer your question, basically that's where it would show up if they were search ads. If they're display ads, um, they're gonna target you sort of based on display, sort of more retargeting, brand awareness, things like that.
0: So, okay, interesting. So then, in terms of the display, so hypothetically, let's say if I searched, I clicked on one of the the ads um, or one of the results from my Coral Gables property search, uh, and then that group or that real estate team that um, basically launch that ad is probably going to retarget me with some display ads down the line is what you're saying
1: exactly they would typically do that uh, if they had a pretty good strategy put in place um they will track your movement on that landing page so if you were to hit a hit that google uh search result that is a search ad you know you're you're looking for um coral gables real estate an ad pops up, you click it, you go on that website. If you didn't fill out any information and you just left, you will probably be retargeted with other ads. If you did, if you filled out that lead generation form and converted, they typically, if they know what they're doing, they should not keep spending money to retarget you since you've already converted. Um, And they will be able to see, you know, what you clicked on the landing page, how long were you there, things like that. So they'll definitely get a lot of information about you, um, but that that helps. Google ads can be expensive, though. That's the drawback.
0: Talk to me about the numbers and what an uh, what a average, um, you know, spend or what would be a minimum spend, let's say, if you want to do it and do it effectively and, and penetrate.
1: That's hard to say only because it depends on so many different things. It depends on where you are targeting. Um, are you targeting in downtown Miami or Miami Beach and, and the greater Miami area as a whole? Like That's going to be super competitive, I assume, especially now mm-hmm. um, with a lot of New Yorkers who had moved down um, post during COVID. So you had a lot of probably agencies bidding for the same terms against themselves Um, the idea is to keep your cost per click down as much as possible Um, the way you're going to do that is by constantly tweaking and updating your audience Um, it's going to give you scores google analytics and google ads is going to give you feedback and and data that you can interpret to, to continue to improve your campaign Um, You know, if you wanted to start out with $1,000 a month for a search campaign, I would say, you know, try it, see where that gets you, if it's cost effective for you, depending on your own internal objectives and goals, Um, or you could try uh, display banner ads on Google, um, where that's a lot more bang for your buck, because you're going to get a lot more impressions now. The cost for conversion is higher because you don't have the same targeting um, capabilities as you do with search, but you will get a lot more eyeballs on it. So, you know, there's a give and take to both.
0: Sure, and what I'm hearing is the the, the key, one of the big takeaways is trying to find um, a topic or a market that is underserved, right? Not trying to compete with all the sharks and saying Miami real estate or brickle properties, uh, maybe something more, more niche and specific but also I like what you're talking about in terms of there's a big picture, right? So one thing is, and if you think of it as a funnel and eventually trying to get to a sale, so on one side you have the search channel. So let's say you're running the paid search. That's gonna, somebody clicks because they like what, you know, what your link and your description or whatnot, it got, it got my attention. That's what I'm looking for. So I click, brings me to the landing page. Now from the marketing objective, what I want as the marketer is to get you to fill out the form, right? And then convert into, to become a true lead. And that's gonna be structured by the content on the landing page, right? And the messaging and refining it and whatnot. If I don't fill out the form, then as the marketer, we're retargeting with display ads, ultimately bringing them back to a landing page or hoping to get some sort of conversion that then still needs to be followed up on, either via emails and phone and meetings to ultimately, ultimately, ultimately turn into a sale
1: (laughs) and I would say by no means
0: uh don't look at Google
1: ads as sort of the end all be all um for your marketing objectives it's just simply one more um tool in the toolbox that you can use when it comes to digital marketing
0: and you you mentioned at the top that this would fall under search engine marketing Correct. Yeah, Google, I mean, SEM, search
1: engine marketing, Google, Bing, things like that, um, even YouTube to a degree, um, you know, that, that's that been debated, whether that's social media or search engine marketing. You know, YouTube is itself a massive search engine. You're searching for videos, how-tos, whatever you want. It's basically Google in video form. Um, so, so YouTube's also another option. Um, I'll sort of segue from what you can use as another tool in your toolbox to help without paying Google for search engine marketing by placing ads. And that's SEO, that's search engine optimization. SEO has been around for a really long time. SEO basically refers to you optimizing your website so it's easier for search engines to find, to index, and to return as an option for users to click on when they're searching for something. I think the number one biggest uh, tip I could give you if you are considering search engine optimization and optimizing your website um, to rank higher are blogs. Blogs are incredibly important because a lot of times what Google's looking for now is, are there is there new consistent content being published onto the site. So we've talked a lot about consistency the last time we spoke. We're talking a lot about it now. You're sort of getting that that idea that consistency is extremely important. Um, So write blogs, put them on your website. What that's gonna do is instead of trying to like strategically stuff keywords into your website that may not be organic, um, just so you think you can rank higher, blogs is a great way to do it um so for example we have a client peterson's Harley Davidson in Miami and we'll write blogs about top areas in Miami to ride your motorcycle places to go see in Miami when you're on your bike things like that so the idea is we're not necessarily writing the blog as an entertainment piece we're writing it as an information piece that signals to google a lot of the different keywords, that it's new content being pushed. So all of that together will help improve your website's rankings.
0: I like that. And it, it really rounds out the sort of the, the whole picture, if you will, in terms of having entertaining on social, providing information via your blog on your site, uh, when, while also bumping up your um your search, your search, uh, ranking. And look, you can use those
1: blogs too in other places. If you post right. a, publish it live to your site, you know, post a teaser on your Instagram story. Um, you know, top three market trends in Miami, post a story, post a reel, put it on TikTok, put it on Facebook and say, either swipe up to read or visit the link in my bio and, you know, you can use it there too.
0: I like it. Um, that's, it's, that's really creating a full integrated, marketing plan there, essentially. I like that. And so anything else on SEO? So you talked about blogs. Are there other things? So let's say if agent, you know, they have a website. Uh, are there other aspects to, or other keys to optimizing for SEO on your site beyond blogging?
1: Load time is a big one. How quick does your website load? Um, especially nowadays, you know, all of us, me and you, we look for instant sort of gratification when it comes to looking at content online. So you have about two seconds to catch someone's attention and if they're pulling up your website and it takes longer than two seconds to load on their smartphone or their computer, they're going somewhere else. Um, You can hook your website up to Google Webmaster Tools. That will give you, um, Google will tell you how long your site is taking to load according to Google. Um, so that's really important to look at that and stay on top of that information and make sure nothing's going on. Um, keep that loading quick. Um, and at the end of the day, Google has sort of pivoted. They want their, the information on your site to be relevant to the user who's looking for it. They are... Google's a business like any other. The the reason Google stays in business is if people like you and me and the millions or billions of other people that use it are searching for things online. If Google doesn't return relevant search results for us, then no one's going to use Google anymore. So Google needs to make sure that the results that they're returning to people searching for something such as Miami Realtor um, is what the person is looking for. So you need to make sure when you're optimizing your site for Google search engine, um, that your site offers what the person is looking for. You know, be clear, have a have a clean, user-friendly website. Make sure it's easy to navigate. You know, don't concern yourself necessarily with having the best, coolest looking website out there. Just make sure it's easy to use, um, that it's mobile friendly, that people can look at it from their smart devices. Um and it offers them the info that they're looking for. Something quick. Don't make them jump through hoops either. You know, make, that, make the information readily accessible to them.
0: I like that. And that's, so you, essentially it's that user experience and that, you know, how you structure your navigation and, and finding things. You really have to put yourself in the shoes of the person who's coming to browse your site versus the brand-centric or me-centric approach where here's everything I want to tell you about me. It's more about, making it convenient, quick, easy, and intuitive for for the user?
1: A thousand percent. Imagine, you know, especially for the realtors that are listening, imagine going to a new house that's for sale, and on the outside it looks beautiful, um, really well-maintained landscaping, all of that. It looks great. There's a huge pool, carport, four-car garage, whatever. But when you walk inside, the layout is just all over the place. The kitchen is where it shouldn't be the dining rooms upstairs, like that's my point. Make the layout of your website easy and comfortable to use. So that, that might be a useful analogy.
0: Very good stuff. So Kyle, we talked about uh, talked about a lot here today. So TikTok, IG Reels, right? Great for creating awareness, branding yourself, fun, quick, casual, entertaining videos. Uh, Google Ads and search engine marketing, right? To find people that are perhaps a slightly more qualified uh, search focus, right? But it's a competitive, tough uh, field to find, let's say an underserved uh, search uh, component. Uh, and then you also have on the search side, the SEO, you know, organic SEO via blogging, creating informational content, and um, basically just giving people the, the what they need on your site in a easy to find uh, accessible quick manner so if you put all those together right you, you put that mix together you've got a nice little digital marketing package right for the the modern marketplace i think
1: yeah you know take your time map it
0: out you don't have to get all this up and running by next
1: week and you don't have to get every single step that we talked about here um you know when you first launch you know maybe start with uh, instagram reels and some blog writing for your seo uh don't overwhelm yourself. Um, this is meant to be, um, you know, we want it to be useful. Um, I find that people that try to take on too much and rush, sometimes they get overwhelmed. The content that they, they put out um, isn't as good as they had hoped. So my advice is there's nothing wrong with starting slow. Just put out quality. It's quality over quantity.
0: Um, and I think you'll, you'll be successful in the end. I like that. And uh, so I think we're going to leave it there. I would also add to that on your point of, of being relevant too, is um, really think, like you said earlier, think about the people that you're talking to and don't make content for all people, right? Just talk to a specific audience and group and then refine the message and keep it relevant. Yeah. you know what? I talked earlier about talking about
1: Trump Towers. Maybe don't do that.
0: Maybe, maybe- <laughs> <laughs> We'll put that in the bucket of ways not to get canceled in 2021. Yeah so ladies and gentlemen speaking of being relevant this is the miami real estate podcast and we are here for miami realtors that want to take their game to the next level uh this was a conversation with kyle pleeza founder of social group uh if you're interested in learning more or talking to kyle and his team about how they can help you take your business to the next level uh you can reach out to kyle his info is going to be in the show notes um kyle why don't you tell us uh, your website and where to find you and whatnot
1: Sure, so you can just go to www.socialgroup.com, find all the information you need, and hit up one of us from the team.
0: All right. Well, Kyle, thanks for coming back on. I think uh, you did good today. We're going to have you back in the future, I hope. So uh, for you guys out there, hope you enjoyed this. We'll see you next week with another episode. And uh, in the meantime, remember that here in Miami, the future's always bright. Take care, folks.